revivalist, awakening, world changers. You can't separate them. You will not have a world changer for God's glory if they're not already living in a revival atmosphere and they're not being awakened, awoken daily by the presence of God. Revival is coming back to life. It's reviving again. It's, it's where we got the, the phrase of, of a body that we revive. It's the same root word. We, we zap it. If it has a heart is stopped, you get those huge voltage paddles. Bam! Everyone stands clear so they don't get zapped too and throw their own heart into arrhythmia or something. And they go, clear, bam, and the body goes. We're trying to bring a heart back to life. Revive is revival. What God is trying to do is bring hearts back to life. He's not trying to put law and legalism, religious structure. He's not looking for that. He's looking at you as sons and daughters, and the Holy Spirit is like the shock paddles. You know what? I want to say, Holy Spirit, turn the dial up. Like, turn the dial so high, it's guaranteed to kill my earthly desires. Turn the dial so hard, it's guaranteed to kill my own mind. Crank it up, Holy Spirit. Crank it up. But what I refuse to do is make a decision on what it'll look like. Because I ain't never seen that before. Bam! I've never seen it before. I'm looking at today with no expectation other than his presence and Holy Spirit paddles. That's what I'm looking at. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you manifest. I don't care if you sit there comatose. I don't care. What I care about is that Holy Spirit is paddling us, smacking us, maybe a few times spanking us. if we don't live with an expectation, you're dead. You need revival. If you don't wake up every morning passionate at what God's going to do in your life today, you're dead. You're going to just sit in a chair. And you're going to go home and be the same. I'll tell you what. Everyone, every testimony I've heard about someone who died and came back to life, that one experience changed their lives. You watch the, the man that just was a terrible husband and didn't have a relationship with his children, and he died. He comes back to life. He, in other words, his physical body came back into revival. They're changed. One of the first things they do is 
They back down the 14-hour work day, six days a week. They back it down, and they call their children and wife, and they want to hang out. Because you know what? When Holy Spirit smacks you, shocks you, you're going to want to hang out. You're going to want to hang out. And if you don't want to hang out, you need revival in your heart to be family. When I have an incredible encounter, I remember back when our kids were younger and, and I would go into my, my, little, my little prayer room and, and I was fasting and I used to do like these regular fasts every single week and I was praying and I was going after God in such a way I, I was literally prostrate before him just going after it. I had this incredible encounter. And every time I would have an encounter, it's interesting when you are so hungry that you let other things go that are slowing you down and in your way and you solely go after God in his presence, you get fed something. And every time I'd get a nugget of feeding or, or a whole steak dinner in the presence and the Holy Spirit would go, Bam! The first people I'd have to get up once I could get off the floor, I was to my kids and my wife. Wow. You know what just happened? Because I want to hang out. I want to be with them. Revival makes you want to be with people you didn't like before. (laughs) Kind of makes you forgive people that are actually unforgivable in your eyes, but in God's eyes, they're forgivable. Like, revival, it actually makes you take it to the street. It it makes you want to talk with people. Like, seriously, think of you, some of you people that just don't like talking with each other. Imagine, you actually want to talk with strangers. Thus, you have the choice of is, or will you be in true revival or not? Because a lesson in revival, you will be able to convince yourself not to go lay hands on that person. And you bring revival from here to here. And you know, anyone ever get those gut feelings when you walk by somebody, you know you should just go and say hi or pray for them? And you don't, now your free will has overpowered life in you. And you keep doing that and that. You keep missing the opportunities. You sit in a chair and everyone else is in revival and you say, I don't feel nothing. Look at those people. I can't go to this church. They're dancing on the platform. (laughs) Then find one. Don't bring that here. We're strong men, protectors of the family. (laughs) Right, men? (gasps) Hurrah! (laughs) I mean, seriously. There's actually going to be unsaved people show up. 
with bad language, maybe, maybe packing, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I, I had a vision years ago about HAers running to the front and throwing all their weapons up on the platform and receiving Christ. You really want revival, then you be revival. You go and visit, but you better bring something back here, a changed individual. Because if you don't come back changed, then you just wasted a bunch of money. Oh, I'll run all over to revivals. Awakenings, I want to call them even more. Because honestly, I feel like I'm, I've already been shocked by the Holy Spirit. I feel like I actually am in revival in my own life. I know that I am. Can I go after more of his presence? Oh, I hunger for that. I hunger for it. I hunger to see you guys all smack so hard that you don't have a clue what's going on. I love it when people enter into the presence in a very certain way, let's put it that way. And all of a sudden something happens and it's like they, they just don't know why they're doing this. The presence of God will always make you do something that you're not normally used to doing. Because if you were used to doing it, you'd be in the presence. You want more of the presence? It's going to be different. It's going to grow. It's going to expound. It'll become a bigger mountain in your life. A bigger power. A bigger authority of his presence. So when Lee hunger for revival, what it's saying is, I want to change. Everyone here, you want revival? Say, I want revival. Say, and I'm the first to change. Oh, that was a lot lower volume there. That was an intro. Did anybody hear that? I mean, we were loud on We Want Revival. Because you know one of the biggest things in the Christian movement that kills revival is thinking you already have it all. I don't want to tell you what. <laughs> things that I've experienced and encountered in his presence. We ain't got it all. We ain't got it all. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. When all sickness and disease is gone, there's more. When you walk through that wall, there's more. When you walk across the water, there's more. This is revival. This is what God wants. He wants us to live in such a supernatural experience and encounter that when we read his word, there's revelation upon revela revelatory revelation in his word. That's our calling. It's our destiny. But you got to think outside the box. Because if you want to box what another revival's doing and expect it to happen here, it won't. We ain't them. We, we model our, our church and our lifestyle because, you know, Bethel and Reading is our major covering, our main covering of, of our whole church and our whole movement. But I tell our leaders all the time, we're never going to be Bethel. But we don't want to be Bethel. I want to go and encounter and experience and bring something back here 
and be windward. Be what God's called this family to be. It's the prophecy of Bill Johnson. He prophesied to Sharon and I of what we were going to build here and the corridor I-5. I tell you what. I don't want to become like the Joneses. I want to be the Windwards. I don't look out my front window or rear window and say, hey, I want to be like the neighbor. I should go visit the neighbor to find out how I can be like them. Now, if you have a bad family and they have an amazing family, probably be good people to go get wisdom from. But you won't be like them. You won't be. Many religious mentalities are literally stopping or slowing the revivals, the awakenings. I declare, I am in revival. I've been for years, every day, because you know what? Revival isn't an emotional feeling. When that dead person got zapped back to life, he wasn't dead emotionally thinking, I don't want to be here. He wasn't dead thinking, hmm, Maybe I should just hang out like this. But when he got zapped, his heart got shocked back to life, he entered revival for a purpose and a reason because revival always is for an opportunity. It's always to literally be and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what revival is about. And in that, you'll see Dead raised, sick, sick being healed. You'll see families restored. You'll see businesses succeed. You'll get wisdom from the Lord himself. And you'll see wise decisions. You'll see poverty switch to, to something more than poverty. I'll say wealth, but that offends people in the church. If wealth offends you, uh, God already owns it, so you're offended. We should actually be the wealthiest people in the world. Because my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's actually in the Bible. It's actually right. It's in the Bible. Now, the love of money is the root of evil. But I'll tell you what. What I do with my love of money, listen to what I'm saying. Someone's going to cut that, post it on the net. He loves money. No, 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 no. I love to see money, to give, to watch our churches in third world nations grow, to watch our rescue centers that are rescuing young prostitutes under 16 years old. Uh, you know what? You need to give a ton more because we got a ton of need going. Like, really? Like, the only thing that holds us back from the expansion and the increase of rescuing people in this world is money. And so you know what? We need to make money. We need to be wealthy individuals. Not love of money. Please, you hear my heart, don't you? 
I want you and your investments to be wise and know which ones to invest in to make wealth, not for me and you, for the lost. Generosity, that's it. That's it. Generosity, that's an amazing term. The woman with two pennies was so generous with what she had, she made it in the Word of God. See, when I talk wealth, you think it's a number of money? No, it's not. Wealth is an attitude. Wealth is a heart. Wealth is a decision. I've talked, I used to captain mega yachts. Mega yachts. I have a 500-ton captain's rating. One of the yachts I captained, the owner owned seven of the same yachts, an $85 million yacht. He owned seven identical ones all around the world. And he flew, had his captain and co-pilot fly him in his Learjet everywhere he wanted to go to the yachts. I have sat with wealth. The world measures wealth by the amount of money or net worth you are. <laughs> I'm talking the wealth that God measures. It's called kingdom wealth. Let me give you an example. A longtime friend of our family, personal friend, Mr. John Laterno, built uh, Laterno University in Dallas, Texas, in Texas, and my oldest brother and, and one of my nephews went to Laterno. But Mr. Laterno was a businessman. And I remember him sitting in our missionary home down in the jungles of the Amazon in Yarina Cocha outside Pucallpa, where I grew up. And Mr. Laterno, he walks in, he's just a very, he's, I probably passed away now, I'm sure, because he was old then. <laughs> I was young. But he has these visions and dreams at night. Now, he, he wasn't known to be a charismatic, Pentecostal-type man, more evangelical. But he would dream something at night and then start to build it. And so he had dreamt this thing, and the reason he was in the Amazon with us was he was putting together a machine that was just wider than a two-lane road, and it would have arms, mechanical arms that would go out with saws and cut the trees, grab the tree, cut it, bring it into the center where the chipper was, and it would grind and chip and out the back, through the Amazon jungle, out the back was a two-and-a-half-wide lane road of chips. It was huge, probably the width of this whole sanctuary. It was slow and noisy. You could hear the thing. I mean, all the natives were running, I'm sure. Thought Armageddon was here. But you know what? That man, Mr. Letourneau, we call him a 90-10 ministry, 90-10 business. He had wealth, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars back then. He had worldly wealth, but he had kingdom wealth. He actually gave 90% to missions and the church and kept 10% for himself. And he died a multimillionaire personally. I tell you what, this is the wealth I'm talking about. 
You want to be a world changer? Then start changing your own world. Because a world changer always starts here. Here. I have to let Holy Spirit, matter of fact, Holy Spirit, I'm going to grab your hands onto those paddles and shock me. Boom! I don't, I'm not going to just sit there and wait and wait and wait. God, are you here? In the upper room, they went in with an expectation. They prayed. They interceded, expecting something to happen, and it happened that night. But you know what? They didn't hang out every day after in the upper room expecting something to happen. Something happened. They took it. They got electrocuted in the fire of the Holy Spirit. They had little burn patches of boldness on the tops of their heads from the fire. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at a few here like Runard and whatnot. I'm thinking he got the whole works. I love Runard. These guys are amazing. Wow. Because he's got fire on him. And his wife. Oh. Oh. There's fire. I can see fire right now in the spirit. Maybe you need to, I'm not talking physical hat, but maybe you need to take the hat off your head in the spirit. Maybe the hat is, I'm not feeling it, or I have enough. Jeremy's going, pull his hat off, Jeremy. I saw him. He literally yanked it off. Not a physical hat. He just yanked it off. Or maybe it was. I don't know. But you see, that's the hunger, that's the desire. That means I'm going to change something in my life if I'm going to expect something to happen. Because if you expect something to happen and don't change nothing, it's actually the term insanity. Expecting a different result and not changing what you're doing, it's actually insanity. <laughs> huh. destined for a world changer position. There's a high probability not everyone in here will become a world changer only because of their self-choices. But I tell you what, there's not one person that I'm looking at in here that is not destined to be a world changer. You are destined for into the cameras. You are destined for it. Revival. His presence. Shock us, Holy Spirit. Turn the machine up, crank it up, whatever it is flux capacitor, as they said back in, what was that in, uh, back to the future. Funny how your mind works, at least mine. Beep, 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 beep. I see that, 
that scientist and he blew his hair up. Remember that? That's what we need, man. That was the world doing a movie. And they called it Back to the Future. I, I feel the declaration today is back to the reality of his presence into his reality of his glory into the reality of a living word of God into the reality that we are sons and daughters of a king and revival is already in the kingdom please God open the door and go in There's many false Absalom spirits that sit outside to rob what rightfully belongs to the king. Don't be one of those. Make sure that our minds aren't robbing from his presence through our doubt, through fear of manifesting or looking different. Get that Absalom spirit out. And enter into his kingdom. Come, his will be done. His presence, his glory. I'm going to ask you, today if your game if you say, I'm going to change. I'm not going to hold back from him and his presence and his word. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to be something different in him today. If that's you, just stand where you are right now. I'm standing. I'm, I'm standing. I say this for a reason. Because everybody has an opportunity to know Christ Jesus, but not everybody will choose him. And once you choose Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everybody has an opportunity to walk in the power and the authority of his kingdom come and his will be done, but not everybody will choose it. Everybody who knows Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, empowered in the Holy Spirit, is literally has the opportunity to be a history maker. To live in an awakening. To literally become revival in their life. But not everyone will choose it. God has given us his gifts. But not everyone chooses them. I want to tell you what. We need to have a, a people that are saying, no, God, I want it all. I want it all, God. I, and people get out of the religious mentality. Well, that's greedy. Quit being greedy. God never said more of him is greed. Nowhere in the scripture. Matter of fact, Christ says and declared that you have access to it all. And he gives it to whom he pleases. And I say, I want to be so pleasing to you guys. 
that you give me it all. It's interesting. I, when I said that I'm a very visionary type person, I'm a seer, and as soon as I said that, it's like I saw this face with these big electrical paddles smiling. And I saw this other, I don't know if it was an angel or something, but he was like over ready to crank up this lever. I'm like, yeah, bring it. Come on. I want it all. I want more and more and more. I want, I want every day that I breathe on this earth to be a revival. Every day that I have breath on this earth, I want to live in an awakening of my spirit. His spirit in me. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt the more we are in coming to life revival, the more we are awakening His Spirit in us, the more we are in His presence. The less sickness, the less disease, the less stresses of the world, somebody or worship to whatever you want to do. I just, there's got to be someone with a voice better than mine. We're going to sing this, people, like we mean it. Like all the, the men, that was 20 plus men. We had 26 yesterday yell hurrah. Imagine if every man in this place, imagine every woman, well, they kind of go, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, no, no laughing in church. Come on, please. Please, laugh, please. That's, that was a joke, everybody, in case you were new. If you don't want it, His Spirit to rain on you, then don't sing this song. Just start making your way out and say hello to our greeter out there. But if you really, truly want it, then sing this song. But I want you to be sensitive in your own life. And if you need to step into forgiveness, then you step into forgiveness. You need to ask forgiveness and ask forgiveness in the spiritual realm. You need Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you need to receive him today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, all you have to do is believe in Jesus and you're saved. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you're saved. If you've been beat up by the stresses of society, then sing let it rain like you mean it. And don't put your umbrella up. Take your hats off and sing like we mean it. Like we're going to be a radical group of believers because I am not going to do just religious church. 
That is not in my bones. Well, it was. Not anymore. It's going to rain, rain, rain. And we, we sing this. You go after something. You go after something in his kingdom, something in his presence, something in his glory. You go ahead and get permission to crank up the shocker. Crank up the shocker. Oh, 